Welcome to the Everyday is a New Day podcast and live show. The inspirational show about moving forward and choosing to be more of you. Transmuting the self-doubt and stepping into courageously aligned confidence in who you uniquely are. My name is Kim O'Neill. I'm a twice-certified transformational confidence coach, Reiki master, best-selling author, and former crime analyst who now helps empathic, heart-centered individuals shatter the noise of self-doubt, find clarity on what self-love really looks like, and the courage to be peacefully grounded in who you've always known you are from the inside out. Join me for the live shows on Facebook and YouTube and visit KimO'NeillCoaching.com for more info. Let's get to it. All right. Welcome to another Every Day is a New Day show. My name is Kim O'Neill, and I'm so excited to be here with you and, of course, share today's awesome, awesome guest. I want to make a quick hello, say a quick hello to all of our live viewers who are with us, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube. Always good to have you here. Please go ahead and say hello in the comments. Let us know where you're connecting from. And as we go through our conversation, what questions come up for you? The, today's topic, I believe, applies to everybody, and um, I'm really excited about it. So with that said, I'm going to go ahead and bring up today's guest. Welcoming to the show. Welcome, Candace Dixon. Hi, hello. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I am excited to have you here, Candice. You do something that I think is, um, it, it's it's something that relates to every person. It's something that, um, you know, every person has, has some experience with, and I feel like you do things in a new way. And that's what's exciting. That's what brings newness. And that's, I feel like, where the, the transformation is for everybody today. And in fact, I am not even going to tell people what you do. Will you just go ahead and tell people who you are and what you do? <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. And I, I love that you say that this applies to everyone because it certainly does. I essentially help people change their relationships with food into an empowered place so that they're no longer using it to meet their emotional needs. Um, you know, all of our needs, really psychological needs. Um, we're really using food to meet our hunger, our physical hunger needs uh, again for, for purposes of just eating like a kid, really. That's kind of what I teach people how to do because I think as adults, we, we convolute the whole process and we add a bunch of layers of, um, we, we create a bunch of stories around food really is what, what we do over the course of our lives. So I help people to untangle those stories and use food for food again fueling our bodies for performance, for energy, for, for emotional needs as well. We use it for all of our holistic needs, but um, that's essentially what I do in a nutshell. So yes, everyone is really, uh, everyone can be served by this work because everybody has stories around food. Everybody has stories around thinness, yeah. um, around fat. You know, it's, it's all, my work surrounds us untangling our body's image, Ooh. appearance from the food that we eat basically. Oh, I feel that right there. Untangling, <laughs> untangling, just untangling food with our body that I, yeah. Oh my goodness. So you use the phrase intuitive eating, correct? Mm -hmm. it, I do. Describe for people what is intuitive eating? So intuition is um, kind of a misunderstood topic. I think that there's, I love to talk about this to start out because there's, obviously there's people who are extremely intuitive on more of a psychic level who can tap into energies and, and um, you know, 
predict the future it, using their intuition or making you know aligned choices that are more future driven or future oriented but then there's also intuition that we all have that just keeps us in alignment with our truth and when i talk about truth i usually try to just show people that that's really everything that's you so kim you like probably you know what if you like black coffee versus chamomile tea that's your truth so all it of is my truth <laughs> yeah <laughs> Good job. I nailed it on the head. <laughs> but it's sim it's it's a lot more simple than than people try. You know, some people can complicate the the whole process, thinking, "Wow, intuition seems really um, scary. I don't know how to tap into my intuition. I don't know what that means." But it's actually really simple. It's as simple as what you you like and what you don't like. That's your truth, and your intuition keeps you in alignment with that. And there's signals in our body, um, actual physical signals in our body that keep us in that alignment. But the problem is, is that most of our life is so fast paced. Um, the society we've lived in has really conditioned us away from trusting ourselves and listening to our bodies. We're, we're more conditioned to just really logically think our way out of things instead of listening to the wisdom that's in our bodies. And so intuition is really just the, the physical sensations and the signals and that knowing that your body gives you of the next right thing. So when you're reaching for something in the, in the fridge to eat, your intuition can guide you towards the next, the, the choice that's in alignment for you, the next right step for you. Um, not in a so much a woo-woo way even. It's not like you have to, you know, meditate when you open the fridge and check in with your intuition. <laughs> it's just it's just the process of really tapping you into your intuition in general in life, knowing how to build an intuitive lifestyle, meaning, you know, I don't want to eat breakfast at 8 a.m. every day. Or in fact, I don't even want to eat breakfast. Maybe I just snack lightly through through the morning, and that's my truth. Or, you know, dinner time is at 9 p.m. instead of 6 p.m. for me. Like it's it's mostly really just grounding you into your life, your truth, your um, set of circumstances, your behaviors, your desires, and creating a lifestyle around that that allows you to eat freely and intuitively. Mm -hmm. So intuitively meaning you're checking in with your mental, your mental uh, pillar what I, is what I refer to it as your mental pillar of communication. What's what logical information is for me here today, right? I, maybe I'm um, battling a cold and I want to logically make sure that I'm giving myself the, the minerals and the vitamins and the nutrients that I need for that. Or, or maybe I'm on my period. You know, that's one that a lot of women totally blow through. Don't address their their physical or their shame themselves around their physical hunger cues or their cravings, um, and so that's an area I really hone in deeply. But but maybe you're on your period, and maybe you need some emotional support. Maybe a happy meal is what you need to intuitively today. You know, so and I say that jokingly because it's not all intuitive eating isn't about eating junk food. It's right. about making choices that are in alignment with your truth that makes you feel good all the way around. Okay, so I feel like you you started you actually may have just answered the next question is I wanted to ask you <laughs> is I, she's so intuitive. She just knows. Um, I, I, okay. So, so yes, let's say a person is okay. You know, I feel like eating this thing versus that thing feels right for me today. And how does a person know when that's really their truth versus they're lying to themselves or they're making excuses or they're avoiding whatever it may be? Oh, that is a great question. So I actually believe that there's an entire process that we need to go to, through to really make sure that we are in alignment with not what everybody else wants or what we've been conditioned to believe because sometimes those limiting beliefs can be really sneaky yep. and you can, you can be making choices that you believe are in alignment with your health goals, but they're actually 
weight loss goals. They're actually appearance goals. They're actually body image goals. And not that that's not, this is a fine line too. Sorry, I might be veering off of this. No, this is fantastic. This is a fine line for me because I believe wholeheartedly in sustainable weight loss being something that everyone is, is entitled to. I don't think that there's anybody that, um, you know, should be shamed around the fact that they want to lose weight where a lot of other healers and intuitive eating space want you to think, to, to think that you shouldn't want to change your body. But the truth is that the world that we live in tells us that we should be smaller. And a lot of us really do want to be smaller just because it makes us feel good. It makes us feel lighter and, and, um, have more ease and more access to movement and, and connection to our bodies. And so I fully believe that you're allowed to want to lose weight. You just have to do it in, in the right way. I'm sorry, refresh, refresh the, the actual angle of this, this question that I was answering because I started going down the sustainable weight loss. It, it was, uh, your answer has been great. I was simply asking about how can a person discern between, okay, yes, right. you know, today I'm on my period and today I feel like eating some chips or, or you know, or, or just, or just let's take the period out of it, right? So today what feels true for me is, you know, my body wants some chips, but maybe somehow they're lying to themselves or, or avoiding something or not quite being truthful and honest with themselves. How does a person discern between right. the two? Got it. I remember why I started talking about sustainable weight loss because we have to practice removing the 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 desire to change our bodies from our food choices, right? So it's like okay. a period of time, in my opinion, in my practice, um, a container I like to call it, where we're legalizing food. So you're practicing in a time period of usually about twelve weeks of eating completely freely without any restrictions around anything. And so if your jam is Doritos. I recommend that at the start of the program, you fill up your cabinet with four or five bags of Doritos because if you're if you're gonna if you're the type of the person that's like I can put down a bag of Doritos and you know no five minutes tops or whatever, good, go ahead, put put the bag of Doritos down and and then have more so your subconscious knows that it's there for you if you want it because the whole premise is that restriction creates overconsumption. Wow. So if we're if we're in an environment that we're not depriving ourselves in any longer. And that's usually about 12 weeks. That's the sweet spot in my experience. But that container of bouncing off the walls of of the limits that we're allowing ourselves to have and just going ham. Seriously, I know it sounds crazy, but you're not going to gain that much weight in that short period of time. And it all ends up coming out in the wash anyways, because after you're done legalizing food and you've found your own limits... Then from there on out, you can eat freely whatever, whatever and whenever you want without worrying about gaining weight. And so um, after that 12 week, you know, legalizing period is over, you could you could come into an intuitive um, lifestyle, which I do that in air quotes because you're not tapping into your intuition every single time you want to put something in your belly. Right. But you've been living from an intuitive place now for like an extended period of time. And so it's much easier for you to just know. Just know what you need in every single moment because you can feel all of that that wisdom coming to you regularly. And I imagine that that, that <laughs> it, it does. It does. And it's, it's awesome because I'm sure there aren't, aren't many programs out there that say, yes, go ahead and buy five bags of Doritos or whatever it may be. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Um, but so what, I, what I'm hearing is I hear you say that um, you're, you're getting to the root of like, why are you eating what you're eating and understanding yes. those beliefs and then really kind of getting that person to the place of knowing that they have permission. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be re- so restrictive. Right. Right. It's, it's like, it's, um, there's a book called, my program is called overcoming overeating. And there's actually a book called overcoming overeating. And so I reference it often because it's, well, 
the names are so similar. So a lot of people are like, oh, have you read the book? And I'm like, yeah, I read the book. <laughs> but inside of that book, she talks a lot, of, they talk a lot about demand feeding. And, and I talk about demand feeding in the, in the realm of learning how to eat like a kid again. And demand feeding is when you get hungry, when you have a physical hunger cue, you feed yourself. But for a lot of us who have food and body issues, it's not that simple. You know, you you might not even know what a physical hunger cue feels like anymore mm. because you've been keeping yourself so full, and and there's a big fear around hunger too. The actual hunger cues are are scary for a lot of people. There's a lot of anxiety around that. Um, you know, being physically hungry really is scary. People avoid it at all costs. Like, oh, I'm going to eat now so that I don't get hungry. And so we're really demand feeding ourselves, learning how to do that. Meaning, when I get hungry. I feed myself and I'm building trust with my internal system to show myself that I can create, I'm creating evidence for my, my subconscious mind that I can demand feed myself when I get hungry and that I'm not going to dishonor my hunger and, you know, abandon myself and my needs anymore, that I'm going to acknowledge what my needs are emotionally, mentally, and physically. And I'm going to use my discernment and my truth to make choices that are in alignment with my highest good, with my goals. But before we really focus on what our goals are, we have to get, we have to legalize food and get to a place where we're just demand feeding ourselves when we're hungry. Oh gosh. I love hearing you talk about this, Candace. This is, this is really oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I really do. I really do. And, 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 and I want to get to our audience in just a moment here, but I just want to say that some of what you just said uh, really speaks to some people eating out of fear. Mm -hmm. out of fear that yeah. maybe there won't be food or, or whatever it may be. And, mm -hmm. oh, wow. Okay. Well, I love that you actually, you know, on that note, talking about eating out of fear, that that's actually really the main problem when it comes okay. to issues around food is we're eating out of a fear of getting fat instead of eating out of a heart-centered love for ourselves and a desire to take care of ourselves. We're, we're not creating any heart-centered boundaries around the way that we're taking care of ourselves free for all because we're, you know what I mean? Like there's no, there's no protection over ourselves when, when we're eating out of fear because we're just afraid of getting fat. So everything we're doing is a, a loop of punishment. At that point, we're really giving our power away to, to, to the fear. Could, do you also see it from the, um, on the other end of it of people eating out of fear that there won't be more food. So they have to eat now and then they have to eat now and they have to eat now. Yes. So, okay. Yes. Well, and that, that comes from really the, re the restriction. It's the deprivation. So when your body is at the nervous system level, is that it's de deprived state when we have to work out a certain level, uh, level of that deprivation out of the system. Because if it's remembering that restriction is going to come, you know, later on that, that I have to get this now while it's here, while it lasts, while I can, while I'm not on a diet, right? Because most of us yep. are used to being on a diet or off a diet. So it's like if you're if you're on a diet or off a diet, then you got to get it while you're off or while you can or while you're cheating or while you're allowed. And that's where the binge is driven from. The binge is driven from the urgency. <sighs> okay, so <laughs> that was awesome, Candice. Uh, I want to go ahead and say hello to our live audience yes. here. We have Helene who is with us. Good to see you, Helene. She's Hi, saying Hello. And it looks like, I think this might be Joanne. She, I believe may be coming from our inside our Facebook group. Good to see you, Joanne. Nice to have you here. Hi, and, and Helene is saying, I have lost 10 inches and one pound. Wow. wow. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Awesome. Awesome. If you have questions around intuitive eating or food, now's a fantastic time to ask our guest today. So feel free to put those down in the comments. And I haven't yet acknowledged our podcast replay listeners and audience. So hello to you too, wherever you are joining us from. We love connecting with you and let us know what you are also taking away from today's show. And so Candice, when, you know, I asked Candice uh, a while back when she scheduled this interview, I said, Candice, what does letting your light shine mean to you? Because as I've said many times, our theme this year is letting your light shine. And Candice said, being willing to be vulnerable enough to be fully and authentically expressed. That's what letting your light shine means to her. Candice, would you like to elaborate on that? Yeah, I would. Um, I feel authentic expression is one of the best medicines for us as women to heal our problems with our relationships with our body because our main problem is we're suppressing, suppressing, suppressing. We feel like our our we can't speak up about our needs. We can't speak up about how we feel about things, what our opinions are. Um, our thoughts don't matter. Our feelings are too much for everyone or we're an inconvenience for everyone. And so I feel like the medicine is us all getting comfortable with authentically expressing ourselves, not over, you know, because I think that that's, that's actually, um, we can miss the mark a lot by feeling like we have to over express when we get to the point, but we can have a very gentle, authentic way of expressing ourselves and finding that rhythm um, can help us get out of the state of, of suppression. I love it. <laughs> I also asked Candice if she had an empowering quote she would like to share with us. And I freaking love this one. So here we go. You can't live a full life on an empty stomach. Oh my goodness, Candice. I love that quote. It's so good. <laughs> Do you have any I like that extra one too? Uh, well, with, with that one, I just feel like that, that kind of goes both ways too, because for a lot of us, we're, we're stuck between the deprivation, right? The empty stomach, the starving, 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 restricting, 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 or the treating our bodies like a garbage can, overfilling, um, blowing ourselves up to a point of uncomfortable. You can't live a full life when you're uncomfortable with too much either, right? So it's like too little or too much. We, we, we need to just figure out what we need. So... Oh, okay. So Helene gave us a, a fun comment. She's, oh, wrong one. Helene said, now I am hungry. <laughs> <laughs> what, do, do you have a way to define or describe what the difference is between um, when we feel hungry and when we have our appetite is, you know, is, is showing up? Um, yeah. How would you describe the two? That's a great question. I refer to that as psychological hunger. So okay. your mind says something would taste good. X, Y, Z would taste good right now. That's psychological hunger. Your mind's just coming online, remembering the memory of a taste. And the reason it remembers the memory of a taste is because serotonin is attached to that. You know, we've got all these different chemicals and things that are going off in our bodies when we have these memories of how good such and such was, you know, will be to eat and that anticipation. And um, it actually activates the body, the nervous system's response in a happy way to, to start thinking about those kinds of things. So we, we tend to, you know, oh, a cookie sounds good. And then we tell ourselves we can't have the cookie, but the body's already gone into the cookie response. The body's already anticipating the cookie. And so it's very hard for the mind, the psychological hunger, those two things are working together. And we also have the fact that the cookie's a fear food. It's a it's a forbidden fruit. 
So okay. that's pull, pushing and pulling on us, right? When in reality, we're just remembering the taste of the of the cookie feeling good and our body just wants to feel good and there's nothing wrong with us having the cookie. Um, that is psychological hunger and we are allowed to feed ourselves out of psychological hunger, but the goal should be to feed ourselves more out of physical hunger. It's just recognizing the two. So the taste with something sounding good, that's psychological hunger or maybe even waking up in the morning. I have a lot of clients who obsess over food, you know, sleeping, laying in bed at night, thinking about food and, or, or uh, waking up in the morning, what am I going to have? And then the whole day, the times I'm going to have things and, and planning snacks and preparing. It's just this very obsessive, um, psychological hunger. And, um, that stems from scarcity mindset. Usually it's around, you know, the, the restriction and the deprivation. And a lot of the times we're, we're raised in households that have weird things around food or maybe not as much access to food or, you know, our parents telling us things like there's kids starving in Africa and we have to clean our plates and, and things like that, that, that they really just kind of compound. It, it sounds silly to think that your reasons for needing to clean your plate are because your parents told you, you kids are dying in Africa, but the subconscious mind is really powerful and, and we internalize stuff and then we protect it with a bunch of other coping mechanisms and stories and all kinds of stuff until it gets to the point where it's a huge problem. <laughs> so psychological hunger is the reason for that. Wow. Okay. So I want to ask you some questions surrounding just other topics that I hear show up a lot when it comes to food and eating. So what are your thoughts on detoxing before you move into, you know, really switching up your diet? I love that question too. Um, I personally don't think that, that I think detoxes are just a, it's a hype thing. It's not, okay. there's no real way to detox your body. Unfortunately, like, yes, there's a lot of things you could buy that are going to cleanse and, you know, release toxins and all kinds of stuff. And sure that stuff could be helpful, but for the most part, we don't need to be detoxing for anything. We don't need to be wasting our time purging and cleansing and all this kind of stuff. Like really all we got to do is just get back to um, a normal rhythm. Um, normal eating habits to the point where we're not completely blowing out one food group or the other. You know what I mean? Okay. Yep. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's about, I guess that's about an initial. Does that answer your, does that answer your question? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so, and so then the next one that's coming up is intermittent, <laughs> intermittent fasting. Oh my gosh. Okay. Intermittent fasting. I am guilty of this in the past too. Actually I used it and this is, this is a good topic because I have gut health issues too. In the past, I had four different um, gut health disorders that I've healed from through my eating disorder healing. Wow. But um, intermittent fasting actually helped me with some of my gut health issues. So I have this, this mindset thinking around the way that we eat, meaning that regimens and like eating protocols and health protocols and things like that, those are temporary. <laughs> those are meant to be very temporary. And so if you're using something like intermittent fasting for a health reason, um, you know, that's your prerogative and, and you're within your own control of figuring that relationship out for yourself. But if you're still sick, meaning that you're still using food as a, as a, um, as a drug, then it's going to be very difficult for you to do something like intermittent fasting. And so I, I tend to ask people who have health issues to, we have to kind of work through things like that, um, handholding a little bit and sort of figure that out a little bit. But in general, intermittent fasting should not, it, sh it shouldn't be used for anybody, for anybody who doesn't have health reasons that they need to use it for. Does that make sense? 
It does. Yes. So because it was developed as a means to help people with mental disorders and with, um, you know, I think it was actually children with really children. I didn't with, know that. Uh, what was it used for? I forget what it was used for, but it was, okay. it was meant to help children with a mental health disorder. That's what it was created for. So if you have some sort of a disorder that you're using it for, great. But if you're using it to, to lose weight, if you're fasting, if you're starving yourself in a timed, you know, container, in order to lose weight, then no, don't do that. Absolutely not. <laughs> because that's timing, starving yourself. That's yeah. starving, depriving your body more, putting yourself more into a state of scarcity, it's telling your, your, your system, your nervous system to stay, that, it's, that you want it to be in a state of scarcity. And so that's not honoring yourself, in my opinion. And that's the opposite of what we really try to do in my work. But again, if it's for a medical purpose, and it's in within safe parameters, then I, I agree with it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for answering that. You're yeah. giving you so much awesome information today. <laughs> I just, I'm like, okay, what other diet fat or thing can I ask her about? <laughs> um, those are the primary ones that showed up, but yeah, I, I want to ask you, usually I will surface around, you know, how my guests got into what they teach and, and help others with today. And we didn't really get into that because there were just so much content and awesomeness that you shared with <laughs> us, but you did start to touch on it just a moment ago about your own history with eating and what you've been yeah. able to transform in your own life. Will you share with the audience just a little bit about absolutely, your Absolutely. Because I think that it's actually a really big reason why a lot of people feel motivated to start this work with me is because um, I, I had body dysmorphia started for me in puberty and, and body dysmorphia is something that is goes brush under the rug. Most people have some varying degree of body dysmorphia that's not actually medically diagnosed. But for me, it was detrimental in my in my development. And what sucks about body dysmorphia is that our, we have childlike brains, right? Our brains aren't even done developing yet. Our bodies aren't done developing yet. Our nervous system's not even done developing yet. So we're ingraining beliefs about ourselves in our bodies, like storing them in our bodies. And then that, for me, ended up creating anorexia, bulimia, um, binge eating disorder, as well as orthorexia, which orthorexia isn't really um, a medically diagnosed. It's not, it's, it's up and coming. Only um, when people, it's because of all of the health trends that are happening right now. So people who are really, really, really good at dieting and being healthy, that's orthorexia. It's okay. when you're depending on your, your identity depends on your abilities to be good and healthy. Wow. Okay. So that showed up for me because of my gut health disorders. I had, um, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. Um, I had, which is the, the upper intestine where there's bacteria there is not supposed to be there. I had a candida overgrowth, which is yeast in my lower intestine. I had leaky gut. Um, I had IBS. Doctors uh, diagnose pretty much everybody with IBS. In my opinion, it's BS. It doesn't actually <laughs> mean anything. So if you're ever given a diagnosis of BS, get a second opinion or IBS, get a second <laughs> opinion. Um, so orthorexia for me showed up because of all of my, my okay. gut health issues. So I was having all like, I couldn't have gluten, you know, you get, you get dairy is hard to digest. Like all these things started happening and I was just getting so, I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with all the restrictions that I, things that I wasn't allowed to have. It was so overwhelming and my food addiction was in there. My emotional health was shitty. My, my life was life uh, circumstances sucked at the time. So I found a program that helped me to learn how to emotionally heal all of my traumas and, um, you know, the energy side of things and the spiritual side of things and um, mental health came into play. And of course, my certification and, and all of these things started happening. And so now 
um, my story fuels me to help other women who have also struggled with things ex as extreme as anorexia and bulimia, but also some of these more surface level, just general overfeeding issues, these weight cycling issues of the um, losing and gaining and being very, very driven by the need to eat. Because I think that that's how eventually the bigger eating disorders show up. The, the, the bulimia and the anorexia, um, if we don't get the overfeeding issues and the addiction problems with food under control, then you will end up with a more serious eating disorder. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're nearing the end of the show, but I, I still want to ask you a few more things. What kinds of results have you, have you seen your clients achieve by working with you? Oh, these are amazing results. And they're so much more different than what you would initially think. When you have food and body issues, you think, I want to lose 30 pounds in 30 days. And that's the results that I want to get. But what happens when you start working with me inside of a long-term container, um, it, it, no matter which capacity that that is in, you really start to get in touch with your, your body starts to feel like it belongs to you again. So a lot of women feel just like disconnected from they're about this thing that they're living in. So you'll notice of, of the very beginning stages of working together, you really feel like you belong, like, like it's home for you. You feel reconnected yeah. to yourself and re-ingrained to yourself. And you, you get this new, um, this new connection that you establish with, with yourself, learning how to communicate with all the different layers of yourself. And so by the end, um, by, by the time you're actually starting to lose weight, which usually happens a couple of months down the line, usually like three months in, that's the sweet spot. The weight kind of starts to just come off and you'll, you just kind of start to notice, well, I'm a little lighter, but you don't weigh yourself in my programs. You, your scale okay. gets thrown away. And so you don't actually know, you know, how much you're, you're losing, which is the point. <laughs> you're just supposed to start feeling better, which ha is what happens. Your clothes start to not fit you anymore. You know, you just kind of start to feel better. It just starts to happen for you. And, it, and it's not something that you're keeping a pulse on every single day. It's not something that you're checking every morning when you wake up. It's not something that you're, you know, planning ahead for and preparing for. It just happens for you naturally because you're spending your time taking care of yourself so well, doing all these other things, learning about yourself. And so you're not, you don't have all this time to obsess over food <laughs> anymore. That's essentially what, what happens. It, it just naturally, it just it comes off of your body naturally and it continues to come off your body naturally because you're you're feeding yourself for hunger now and that's your baseline that's your base point so if you have excess weight to lose it will continue to come off until you reach your last your natural set point because everyone's body has a natural set point it sounds like intuitive eating really is um at the heart of listening to your body yes absolutely trusting your body your body above all else your body can be your buddy <laughs> Yes, Sorry. it is your buddy. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Sorry, that was cheesy. Um, okay, that that is awesome. To feel at home in your body, I mean, that's a yes. massive gift right there. That's... Yes. Wow. So, okay, will you have a new program coming up soon? Will you yes. share with everyone about that and how they can, and can find I out more? Love to. Yes. I have a group coaching program that's starting next Wednesday and it is called the Overcoming Overeating Group Coaching Program. So this program is awesome because it teaches you a framework and a methodology, a step-by-step -step process. It's an online course that you can move through at your own pace to learn all of these principles and these concepts. There's practices and exercises that you can just plug and play into your life in a toolbox kind of a format. Um, and then there's weekly coaching sessions where you can come and meet up with me and the rest of the group and really work through your issues in real time, the stuff that's 
coming up for you as you're learning about all the different parts of the program. So it's a 12 week container. And so um, by August, you know, these women are going to be living the summer just like in a totally different space, not worried about the concerns and the self image and the they're just going to be able to have confidence and feel free. And we're really excited to get started. Um, so you can find more information about that if you're interested there at my website. Awesome. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Coachwithcandice.com. And I want to assure the people who are listening only Candice is C-A-N-D-A-C-E. So coachwithcandice.com. And, yes. and we haven't touched on this, but is there an exercise or workout component to the program? I think everyone would want oh, to know I that. I love that you asked that. Actually, no. <laughs> my my program has movement practices in it, okay. which are more intuitive. And that's not for dance. That's not for performance. That's not for routine or exercise or anything like that. That's just for you to reconnect into your body. And a lot of women come into the program with a really health, unhealthy relationship to exercise. They use it as a form of punishment. And your body remembers when you're punishing yourself. So a lot of the times when you come into the program and you continue to go through your exercise, it can trigger you back into old patterns. So I actually recommend we rest. We rest and we move our bodies for purposes of self-love and reconnection, not for exercise or calorie burning. <laughs> that is awesome, Candice. I love that. Okay. So, so yes, I remind everyone they can go to coachwithcandice.com to learn more about coaches, more about Candice's upcoming program. And as we are nearing the end of the show, I do want to check in with our audience here. Helene is saying, I love this show. I keep learning more and more every day. And amen. And thank you, Helene. Appreciate that. Hey, thank you, Helene. And we have here, uh, I appreciate you too. Aww. Okay, so we have we have some love, love, nice friendship comments going on in the chat, <laughs> it looks like, <laughs> inside the Facebook group. So um, awesome, awesome. Well, we are now at the point where we're going to pull a card just to expand on today's conversation. And I know, I love that Candice is just as excited. I'm about so into it. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. So I thought it was very fitting to pull a self-care card from Cheryl Richardson's self-care cards deck. So Candice, the way I'm going to do this, I am just going to do some light shuffling. And, and then in a moment here, I would love if you would say stop and I'll pull the card that is on top at that moment. Don't say it just yet. Let me just do a little more light shuffling here. <sighs> okay. When you are ready, I think, okay, hold Ooh, on one. Something popped out. Something popped out. And we'll, so we'll do, we'll do two okay. cards. So, okay. Uh, now, Okay, so we have here trust. Ooh, we were just talking about self, uh, self trust. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it says, trust your decisions, march to the beat of your own heart. Yes. I think that yes, is very yes, fitting. Yes. Trust your decisions. Love that. Okay, and the other one, oh, we have magnificence. Aww. And it says, own your magnificence. The world needs your brilliance and grace. Ah, so true. So true. Trust yourself and own your brilliance. Those are today's messages. <sighs> I, I love that. Candice, anything else come up for you when you think about these? I mean, I'm just thinking like yes. the self-love piece, nurturing. What, what do you get? Yes. 
the magnificent piece, a magnificence piece, I think is a is a another pull on what we were talking about with self-expression with my quote of, you know, expressing yes. expressing yourself fully and authentically and owning that light. And I think that that's, uh, you know, every a lot of people think that there's not there's not anything that they have to give in this world or they don't have a message to, uh, to give or a medicine to give. But we all do. There's a there's a light. There's a purpose. There's work that we're meant to do here. So shine bright because you never know who is looking up to you, who's looking for your permission. You're giving them permission to live their lives. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, and that is just a beautiful segue into one more reminder about the Let Your Light Shine movement. Where is it here? Here we go. I want to remind everyone about the Let Your Light Shine movement, which is all about what Candace was just saying. Candace just gave like a great little commercial for it, I feel. <laughs> It is all about knowing that you have permission to be who you are and to shine your authentic light. When you are aligned with yourself and really tuned into, you know, what is your body saying to you and who am I and allowing yourself to be that and express that, you shine. And when you shine, you actually inspire and empower others around you to be able to know that they have permission to do the same. So I want to remind you, if you have not yet joined the Let Your Light Shine movement, I would love to see you join. And the link is, it's a bit.ly link. So bit.ly forward slash let your light shine movement. It is free and easy and would it be awesome to see you join. And that is Beautiful. our show for today, Candice. Candice, it's wonderful Thank to have you, you here. So much. Thank you so much, Kim. This was so great. I feel so aligned with your message. Everything lined up beautifully. I mean, wonderful guests in your Facebook group sharing with us too. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. I, I loved our conversation today and, um, you know, best of wishes for everything going on with your, your program you. and everyone who's going to feel at home in their body again. What a gift that is right there. So with that said, thank, thank you. you to everyone who has been with us, whether you were live or on the replay, let us know what you're taking away from today's conversation. It's awesome to connect with you. Remember that wherever you are today does not have to be where you are tomorrow. And with that, I will see you all again soon for another Every Day is a New Day show very soon. Stay right there, Candice. Bye, everybody.